Stories is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Y'all listen. Mental health disease, small or big, is nothing to play with. Like, one day everything will be going good. Next, things will go left so fast. And it's just so out of your control. And it's it's never a gentle left. It's always like full-fledged car flipping left. Like, just everything going full steam ahead. And then it's just a sharp turn that a lot of times is uncontrollable. Um, and I hate it with a passion. Like, I, I really do, uh, because I get, like, for me, I can feel the shift almost immediately when things are, you know, about to go left. I, like, it's just, it's an immediate feeling. It's an immediate fog. And um, I've kind of been spiraling maybe six months now just trying to, <clears throat> excuse me, just trying to uh, regather my steps. You know what I mean? Like, last year when... At the end of the year, which is typically a difficult time for me, like I thought it would be much easier to recover from. And I'm I'm learning that it's it's just not. Right? Like I don't know if I'm trying to force myself to heal faster. I don't know if, you know, I'm too vulnerable. I don't know if it's the mental health, you know, if it's the depression or uh, if it's the depression or what have you, I don't know what it is, but it's taken me longer than normal to pull myself back to my reality. Um, and again, it, I don't know if it's because I'm so used to isolating that now it has become, you know, uh, a little bit more difficult to reset. It could be so many different things. Um, I just know that it's taken me a while. Uh, a, it's taken me a longer time to reset and. Um, that's difficult for me because I don't like feeling like this. I mean, I know if I if if I could control it, you know, I wouldn't feel like this at all. But I just I don't I don't like feeling this for this long. It it, it turns me into a different um, person, right? And so, out of my frustration of being in this in this space, I I am appreciative of my strength and perseverance. Uh, to one, try to understand what's going on with me mentally, and then two, taking those steps to for real do the 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 things that are going to help me, right? Which is not just soaking in whatever the feeling is, uh, whatever the thought is, but actually uh, paying attention to that feeling, that thought, and being able to to try to break it down. Um, a lot of times, you won't be able to. A lot of times, uh, the trauma or the trigger—it's—it's it's not even something that that you you did or you created or you you know pretty much a, a allowed per se. So, I've learned to reconcile my emotions when the um, conclusion is out of my control, right? I've learned to suppress the emotion for real outwardly because I can't trust it 
and I'm talking about my speedy responses, you know, the aggression, the quick tempered, those type of responses. Like I can't, uh, I can't control it if I allow it to flow. So I just shut it off completely. Like I'm not, uh, I don't act out outwardly. I don't, I don't even act out in general. Like when stuff is, is going on, like I really just be holding it in and I'm much of a, uh, I don't really like confrontation. Right. So I, I just hold everything in. Um, but I do that because the idea of being a bully, it's just I, I don't want to be that. Like, I just I, I, I don't want to be in that in that space. And I feel like when I when I get aggressive, when I get, you know, this this. Uh, how can I say this tough bravado type behavior? Like it just turns me into something that I'm not. And I know I'm overcompensating because I feel weak because I'm, I'm struggling with the things that I struggle with. Right. I'm very much functioning. I can go to work, do the stuff that I need to do uh, for the kids. But like I've said many times before, when it comes to doing things for me, that's where the difficulty comes in. And then it gets even more difficult because I don't have anybody uh, pouring into me or fulfilling the things that I'm not doing if that makes sense. So it's just like, you know, I'm giving all of me, I'm giving all of me to make sure the people I'm responsible before are good, but it's not reciprocated per se. So with that frustration comes, irritation comes, um, uh, dark thoughts come and stuff like that. So it's like, I'm proud of myself that I'm able to be hurt and still uh, be me. I'm able to 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 feel disrespected and 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 feel, you know, uh, a type of way, but still be able to hold it together enough not to explode and embarrass myself in a way that I can't come back from. Because like I I've said before, the lessons that I've learned um, in my relationships and work and friends, whatever, uh, it's not always beneficial for you to defend yourself. There's a time and place, you know, there, there's a time and place for everything. And a lot of times we don't realize that because of our ego. There's a lot of times that, you know, you'll be going through something. And if you just be quiet just long enough, um, the, the, it'll, it'll work out, right? It'll work out. And so being able to do that, it took... It took a while. It took a while for me to decimate my ego as a result to how people talk to me, how people look at me, right? We, we uh, growing up in the time frame, like that was disrespect. Don't look at me like that. Don't talk, don't talk to me like that. And it's, it's grounds for immediate altercation, right? And I don't, I don't know where that came from, how it started, why we are all like that as human beings, but it just, it sucks. And for me, I had to really work on myself once I start realizing how quick uh, the change happens in your mental health, right? I never want to respond to no, to, to anyone from the hurt, the pain that I've experienced that has nothing to do with them. So it took me a long while to 
be able to remove when people like y'all don't know what I'm going through behind closed doors. So you not talking to me from that space. So I got to come meet you. I got to I got to get a couple steps ahead. So I don't feel like you coming at me from that space, because in that space, like I'm going to go off. In that space, I'm going to protect, and I'm and it's going to be ridiculous, and it's going to be unnecessary, because I think it's an attack, right? It's not that it is a real attack, but I think it's an attack. So for that, I had to learn how to, in real time, assess threats, per se. I know that sounds super weird. It's not like I'm not in no type of um, gang life, uh, more, uh military life, police, I'm not in none of that. So I don't even know, like, like, I don't even know why my mind is wired that way to even think like that. But it took me a long while and I'm, and I'm glad that I've gotten to the point to where I can be quiet and listen. No matter what's being said to me, like I, I've been able to do that now. And I'm proud of myself of that because a lot of times like people be saying stuff and Listen, if y'all was in my head, if y'all was in my heart and feel the the adrenaline pumping for me to uh, to respond, like y'all would be like, oh yeah, I'm glad that he's quiet. And again, not a threat to anybody or anything. Um, it's just a ticking time bomb though, right? Every altercation, every infraction, it just bubbles up, bubbles up, bubbles up. And then I have to literally, you know, do my meditation and separate myself um, and, you know, do my routine to really bring me back. And it's 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 crazy how. It's crazy how true frequency really is at like. When you're younger and, 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 you know, you hear people talking about chakras and energy and realignment and meditation and stuff, like they're just classified as hippies, right? You, it's just, oh, them, them, them are the hippies. And it's said with a negative connotation to it. So you, you grow up and not realize how much some of that stuff is true, right? In my older age, I start being into, you know, chakras and my energy and balance and the frequencies of life and stuff like that and so learning how to do those things and being encouraged enough to continue to do those things and not be you know not be afraid and um and believe in them right openly because you don't want to be the hippie so learning those skills to be able to control my temper to to a certain extent um and if nothing else my meditation and um, my isolation time, if nothing else, has taught me to just shut up. Like just, just shut up. Because the frequency is is only off balance if you connect to it and allow it. It's only negative if you allow yourself to get into the argument or get into the altercation like you you're you're adding to it. But if you just shut up, it's over. Right. Like and I'm not talking about things like where you're like, 
a full-on victim of something of attack or anything like that. I'm just saying in general, because we're human and altercations start, argument, uh, arguments start, misunderstandings uh, do happen. It's up to you when those things do happen and those mistakes do happen. Um, it's up to you how you handle them. And so all I'm saying is for me, like I, I, I've ran out of arguing, right? Unless it's life or death. And so far, like I've been saying that and I've been in a situation where arguments should um, should happen. And I just be like, yo, I don't even have no words for this. I don't even want to add to the negative energy. I don't want to add to the arguing, not for the other person's sake, not for my kids' sake, but for my sake. I don't, I don't want to do that. Because then I got to go through, dang, I had this thought during the argument. I should have said this. I should have said that. I shouldn't have said this, you know, or said that, yada, yada, whatever. And that does a number on me mentally. So bringing myself back um, to that, to that point this time has has like I said it's it's been difficult like I've been trying and and I just it's taking a lot longer than I'm used to in the space it's kind of scary but I know me I know that you know I continue to get up and stay consistent at what I'm doing to keep myself distracted to kind of try to knock down those negative thoughts in the self-critic in me um again I always try to be who I say that I am, right? When nobody's looking, like when I'm on here saying, y'all, you know, I'm a good father, um, you know, I'm a hard worker, I'm, con I'm consistent, yada, yada, whatever. I want to be those things off camera. I want to be those things when I'm not recording. So I really, you know, when I'm in those situations, um, when I'm in those situations, I really take pride when I'm able to come out on the other side in, <clears throat> excuse me, in the way that I see myself, right? It's just like, you know, I was I was challenged this week. Um, my review for my job, and y'all know how I feel about this damn job. Um, it's not the work, it's the people. So. I have my review, and typically, typically it's always a trash raise, right? It's all, it all from the time that I've like been at this company, it's always something super crazy. Um, I've always felt in a way that I was underpaid, like drastically, right? But I'm I'm a worker, so I'm a work. I'm not gonna complain, yada yada, whatever. So this week I get a I get a call, hey. Your review is today. I need you to just listen. Like, for real, just just listen. Now, people who know me know when you are saying certain things to me, it is very, very hard for me to be silent, especially when I know for a fact they aren't true and they're not um an honest representation of who i am and so i'm like all right whatever um i'm like whatever again i'm so used to getting mediocre raises at this company like i don't i'm like i'm confused by the call but all right cool so we get on the review and i'm looking at my metrics and 
the description or the responses to the ratings um, I felt was disrespectful, right? Because I go over, no, like I go over and beyond. No matter what anyone asks me to do, you know I do it. I've been on here for I don't know how long, like telling y'all how often my assignment changes, um, and it just is what it is because I work for the company. Um, I do training, like at the drop of a hat. If somebody needs training, and they ask me, like I just completely uh, deter myself from what I'm doing to go into that mode and stuff like that. Like I've never uh, been one not to help in general, no matter how I felt about what was going on, if help is needed, I want to help because I never want nobody to feel how I, how I felt when I needed help and nobody did. Right. And so it's like, Oh, cause I put specific things on my comment review that I wanted to actually discuss. Right. And then get on the, the meeting and the lady's like, all right, well, just to let you know, um, I was only here two months when I became, you know, your leader. I have zero clue. So I had to ask this person, that person, yada, yada, whatever. You know, so I'm gathering information from these people um, about who you are, yada, yada, whatever. I got offended by that. Because you can ask me. You can, you and I could look, we could have looked at our, looked at my numbers. Um, we could have had conversations and you would have known who I am in two months. And you could have just, now you know who I am, but you would have been able to go off the, the numbers. So she's reading it and I feel myself, I feel myself getting, getting upset because I feel like the description of my, of my character is not to the full, to the full potential that it is. And again, it goes back to, like I'd be telling y'all, how catty this field is and how much of it's like a high school type vibe, um, cool kids, mean girls, goth, you know, et cetera. And it's just like, I got mad because I'm not mediocre. I got mad because I go over and beyond and I'm, I'm listen, I'm about ready to, to go off. So mind you, like my heart is beating. I feel myself huffing and puffing. So like I moved the microphone um, because I was instructed or asked, yo, trust me, just listen until you get to the end. And so I listened and the, the raise for this particular company, it was crazy. And for a split second, I was like, dang, like, I can't believe I got a, I, I got a raise like this. But then it hit me. You weren't paying me like you were supposed to be paying me. That's why you offset it in the way that you did. So now, again, paranoia, it's, oh, my God, I hate it. It's, it's such a horrible it is such a horrible part of mental health disease. Like, I hate it. So now paranoia kicks in, and I'm like, well, if you gave me this, then how how underpaid have I been? Because this ain't, this ain't all merit. 
like something's wrong behind scenes. Like y'all, y'all been lowballing me, you know, for my for my time, my experience, and who I am. So now, man, I'm proud of myself because I shut up and I waited to the end, you know, um, and I listened. But I'm not one of them people who I care about money over principle. I don't care how rich I am. I never want to be, and not saying that this made me any type of rich, but I never want to be the person who is super rich, but people see me as a bad human being or people see me as a mediocre human being. I never want to be in the conversation of, oh, he got money, but he walked over people to get there. He disrespected this and did it like to get. I never want to be in those type of conversations. So it's principled to me. Like the way you the way you responded to my characteristics, my work ethic, um, uh, my quality of work, uh, my productivity in work, like the way you responded to that. I don't care if you don't if you don't know me. Get somebody in here that does. Get someone in here that we can have the conversation of the things that um, that that we need to have a conversation about. Again, I know this is this is not my company, yada yada, whatever. But but you're not going to be walking around here making me out to be something that I am not. And so I couldn't even enjoy the idea of me getting a raise for real, like up front, because I started thinking about that, like. Ain't no way. And so I'm like, is that the paranoia or is that facts? And so I'm I'm like really sitting back and I'm like, now I'm looking, um, now I'm looking at median pay for the position that I'm in with the years that I that I've done, my experience, yada yada, whatever, because it's like I have to just figure it out. But remember I told y'all, the more the more answers you get, the more questions that you have. And I found myself going down this rabbit hole for no reason, because at the end of the day, I got the raise. That's what it is. No matter how the raise came about, no matter why it is, it's there. So me spending time being upset and trying to figure out, have I been underpaid? Um, for how long have I been underpaid? Um, is this technically a raise or is this you just resetting me? Am I owed more technically for, for the work that I do? And it sent me on this rabbit hole and it's just like, it's unnecessary. What am I tripping for? Right? I work very hard. It, uh, it, I guess, you know, it's better late than never when it comes to stuff like this. And so I was proud of myself because I didn't explode um, fully. I, you're like, I got to stay on brand. So you're going you gonna to catch a little bit. Right. But I still was like, yo, like, this is crazy. And then I once I once I went through that paranoia of, well, why this, why that? Like, I'm like, I deserve that. Because I do work hard. I do go over and beyond. Um, I am very open to change. I, like I am for, you know. For lack of a, I am the model employee. Besides, when they put me on crazy meetings or too many meetings, I do be like ready to go. Um, but being able to, being able to hear this about me, 
and having to sit there, ego control. Because a lot of times, like, and I, again, I'm learning this in a lot of things that a lot of times the positive stuff could, could fuck you up too. Because it wasn't like she was saying anything negative. I took it as negative because you should be saying more. And I'm, it is what it is. I know that sounds probably cocky or arrogant, but listen, I know how hard I work every day for these people. This response you're giving me surely isn't it. It surely isn't it. But again, had I not had I not already prepared myself for times like this, um, had I not done the meditation and 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 uh, done the the uh, the realignments, the times that I have to you know trigger myself in a positive way to just listen. Right. No matter how hard it is, just just listen, because sometimes, like I said, you know, had I blown up and went off, yada, yada, like immediately, that could have affected the outcome of that meeting. And that could have kept me in a, in a place to where I'm going to be annoyed. Like, I have it, like, for real, for I'm just, uh, uh, it is what it is. Like, it's certain times that I'm like, you're going, because you're treating me this way, you're going to get the work that you paid for. Because I naturally go over and beyond. Naturally. I don't know why. I'm just, I'm just that way. But once I feel mistreated, all right, I'm, I'm going to give you what, what you paid for, right? And I had a conversation with my brother uh, a couple weeks ago. And I was telling him, like, man... Forget all this, like, they want to keep playing with me. They're about to get the, the, the bare minimum of, you know, of, of, of work. And he's like, nah, Peanut, don't do that. He said, because you're going to mess up your blessing. You have no idea how the universe is trying to work in your favor. You, you have no idea, you know, God might need you to, you know, to ball out here to go do your hardest because it's a preparation for what you're about to have to do in your own company. He's like, so whenever you do whatever, whatever it is, you know, make sure you go in there for the lesson. Like you're at the point now to where you you've mastered, you know, that the, the job itself. But there is a lesson there and you got to keep going hard as you would, because that work ethic is going to transition into what you need for your own business. And so when he said that two weeks ago, I heard him, I listened and I was sticking to it. And then fast forward. Here comes this conversation with the with with the race. And so it's the acknowledgement that I think bothers me or lack thereof on both sides. It's the the understanding, it's the respect of having a real conversation. Don't talk to me. Like if you don't talk to me all the time, and that was my that was my confusion about why this particular lady was doing my review, because I've sent her a million emails with no response. I get it, she's at a very high level and she's busy and it's a lot of us and stuff like that. But when you lead it by saying, oh, well, I don't, I don't know you like that for real. I was only here two months. It's like you, you have plenty of opportunities to get to know me as an employee. You just don't respond to the communication that, I, that I'm trying to send you, right? And so me continuing to work how I work, right? Me listening to, you know, my super like, hey, I'm telling you, don't worry about what's being said. Like, she knows me clearly because she knows that I would have typically went off. 
had I not took heed to the counsel of my brother and in this particular situation, my super, I could have messed something up. I could have missed out on something. I mean, like I always say, I got hella kids, so any raise is a good raise for me. Anything, like, all, like when it comes to um, raises and, you know, making money for the business, all money is good money in a sense that, like, if it didn't kill me, if it doesn't challenge my morals as a human being, then it is what it is. And so, of course, you know, uh, they, they, they're like, all right, this is your raise, yada, yada, whatever. And I, I felt uneasy about it. But at the end of the day, when I'm, when I'm, um, at the end of the day, the reality is them people don't care. Not because they don't want to care. They just don't have the capacity to care about a stranger, essentially. Um, because at the end of the day, that's really what we are. I don't care if you work for somebody, work with someone for 20 years. Like a lot of us, we don't know each other outside of work. We can see we can see each other in a supermarket and know full well we work together and just bypass one another. But then go to work and speak to each other. That's a lot of times how it works. But I was frustrated. I'm not going to hold you. I was frustrated for a few hours after that. Um, I was trying to, you know, fake it so I make it like I normally do, but like I just was frustrated and paranoid. Like, why? Why did I get this high of a raise? Why did I get it now? Um, am I being underpaid or was I being overpaid? This is a reset. So if this put me at the the median of what I'm supposed to be getting, what is the rate? Like, I, it was going crazy. It was going like I I was going crazy. And or my, my mind was going crazy just trying to figure that part out because I just needed understanding in that moment. And that's one thing that I choose to do along this journey um, is acknowledge the things that are happening, right? As opposed to me going off on them for the sake of going off on them. I could have because I could have. But the paranoia was high of the like the paranoia was so high that I'm like oh, if I respond am I really responding because like or if I respond in the way that I normally do am I doing this because it's warranted or is this paranoia should I even care why you know if I'm being honest should I even care why the raise was this high and so I'm I'm open about that right I'm open I tell you Listen, paranoia kicked in, frustration. I don't know what the hell going on. Um, but I love that about me, that I'm not ashamed of what I'm going through, and I'm continuing to fight to break down uh, what I'm going through. And so, um, like I said, that's one thing that I, that I just choose to do while I'm going through this is outwardly acknowledge. I don't want to be uh, going through this stuff in secret. Like... I said, I said to y'all before, silence a lot of time equals death. Like when we don't speak up or speak out, like that darkness, it festers inside of us and it puts us in the darkest of spaces. Like holding all that stuff in and, and I don't care if you got to go in the middle, like if you, if you feel like there's something inside of you that needs to get out, but you don't want to say it to no one, go into the middle of a field, 
go into wherever you need to go to and say that shit out loud, scream about it, kick, uh, scream, scratch. Like if you have to do that, like, but just get it out because if it sits in, 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 inside of you, it sits in your mind, it sits in your heart with no release, it's going to create the darkest of things inside of you. And you're going to get to a point to where you're not going to be able to control it. And you're going to get comfortable in the darkness and you shouldn't. I'm telling you that by experience or from experience, right? Once you hold stuff in for so long, you forget that you're holding it in and then you 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 have this logic of no one cares. And so you start moving like that. You start moving as if you are the only person on earth, um, like you are the only person in your home, like you are the only person, in, you know, in your in your world going through this. Um, the isolation becomes a negative isolation. The the hurt turns into malice. And you have no idea where it started or how it started. And you just sit in it until you get to a level of comfortability that you don't even understand or recognize like everything is just it's just negative. And that's one thing for me that I I refuse, man, I refuse no matter how hard or how bad it gets. I refuse to just think negative about every single thing. But if you don't if you don't get it out of your system. It's crazy. And for me, you know, like I say all the time, like I'm honest with y'all about, you know, my hangups and when new, you know, emotions kick in and um, or new things that um, are escalations of whatever the, whatever it is I'm going through. Right. When it kicks in and I, I've been feeling resentment, um, been feeling resentment a lot lately. I've been feeling resentment because I've always been made to feel like um how can I put this? Even as a victim, like even when things are really like done wrong to me, I've been made to feel like speaking up about it is not the right thing to do. And I'm saying that because of the responses that I've gotten throughout my life, um, the friends that I've lost throughout my life, the relationship that I've lost throughout my life, you know, just from um, expressing. And so a lot of times I'm holding I'm holding it in because, you know, I don't want to lose more loved ones. I don't want to lose friendships and stuff like that. Um so a lot of times, like, I, I would hold it in. And then I was like, ah, fuck that. Like, if if I can't so much worry about being the victim more so than I got to get away from these people. Uh, I got to get away from this thing because not only is it something trying to and uh, completing the task of hurting me, when I say it's hurting it's almost like it's a joke. Oh, you take stuff too seriously. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. And 
because especially when you are empath and forgiver, you're just like, oh, okay, cool. Well, you just, <laughs> but excuse me, but to me, when you're looking at it in hindsight, that is a, that is a, uh, that's abuse. That is, that's mental abuse, right? Like to make me feel like my feelings towards this situation or this thing is invalid. Um, knowing that you are hurting me, knowing that you are doing a thing or saying a thing and stuff like that. And it's like, for me, I'm not, a, a, I'm not outwardly saying nothing bad about nobody for real. Not because I can or not because I'm better than, but because I don't got time for the extras. But as I'm going down this road of this mental health sub, I'm noticing the the more and more I'm quiet about things, the more it affects me. Like I said many moons ago, I know this is a long journey. I know it is because there's so many things that I bypass as just regular things that are coming up in my life right now mentally as triggers. And a lot of them are based in my childhood. You know, a good percent of them are, are based, you know, from my previous marriage and previous, you know, relationship in regards to um, how I look at relationships and how I look at people. You know, even even with my kids, it's certain things that I just don't I don't say. But recently. And I'm saying over the past. It could be a year at this point. It could be a year that I've honestly been feeling like this and just not wanting to admit that that's what I'm feeling. But I have a high level of resentment. I do. And it's sad because it's like, Resentment is defined as bitter indignation at having been treated unfairly. It's crazy because, of course, I've heard the word resentment like throughout my life. I'm, I'm 40. But I never really looked at the definition of it. And then when I say never really, I mean never at all. I never looked up what resentment mean. I just went off what people told me resentment means and they made resentment out to be something bad, like, like something unfair, like, oh, I resent you, like, but it was always presented in a way to where the person resenting is the wrong party. And so, like, when I, when I read the definition of what resentment is, I realized that is what was going on with me, because there is a level of bitterness that I have. Um, there is a level of bitter, bitterness that I have, and, and I'll explain. You all know that um, I love parenting. I love, love, love parenting. I love my kids, like, to no end. but they weren't taught properly how to treat me. They weren't taught properly how to 
how to coexist. When I'm not this bully, alpha, like aggressor, they get real disrespectful in their responses to things, um, their behavior, you know, kind of goes left and, and not goes left like, well, shit, no, that's not true. It goes left. They, I'll ask them to do something directly and I'll, you know, go in my office, go in my room, whatever, and it won't get done. Um, I'll tell them not to do specific things and uh, especially my older two because they're teenagers, um, 15 going on 16, 16 going on 17. So they're in this space to where they know it all. And, you know, again, I lot for all I lot for all emotions, just like I do myself. Uh, and I, I have to reconcile if I'm talking to you from 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 real anger or is this depressive anger and I'm trying to take it out on you. So I, I they got that. Um, I think about that in their behaviors. My 13 year old is trying to find his place in the brotherhood in regards to wanting to be cool or trying to figure out what's cool, what's not cool, wanting to be like them, but kind of kind of finding his way. So he follows suit with whatever they do. Right. They let me roll. He just gets very conniving and manipulative um, towards all of us. Right. And I and I I start realizing like. Like, nah, this ain't this ain't it. This ain't it. I can't live. I can't live like this dealing with four different personalities and all four of them being disrespectful, all four of them not listening. I know with certain things that um, that kids are going to do with certain behaviors that they're going to have. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. As a single parent. You don't get a break from nothing. And no matter who you think you are, you are not strong enough to withstand years and years and years of attitude. Because typically you get a break, right? If 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 I'm dealing with the kids, you know, if I'm in a relationship and the kids is wild and out, right? And I have a partner, my partner can handle 50%, I can handle 50% or whatever the percentage is, but there is a form of a break. Right. My kids, it, 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 it is what it is. My kids parent could be in their face talking to them and they'll bypass and look at me and start talking to me as if I am the only human being alive. I understand why. But it's tiring. It's tiring to know that. Like, I can't say this out loud. I can only say this in therapy session. Right? I can't say I resent my kids out loud because then you're looked at as, oh, that's how kids are. You remember how it was when, when you grew up and da-da-da. Like, yeah, I remember how it was. I remember being specifically asked to do certain things, and I, and I did them. Like, I tell you all the time, like, the amount of kid stuff that they do that is dumb, 
the amount of money that they've wasted being kids on breaking shit or losing shit. And I replace like the amount of stuff as kids that they've done. And I've just recovered from like, y'all be like, oh, okay, y'all would understand. But it's like the, the, the blatant disrespect and disobedience. And I'm saying disobedience loosely because it's literally a hey, clean up after yourself. Hey, don't, don't drink soda, water, whatever, no liquid by my, by my computer. Hey, make sure before you leave the house, da da da. this is done, that's done. But they're so busy arguing with each other that, you know, you do it, that's it. Like, I'll ask them for water. My walls are paper thin. I'll literally hear them. I'll say, twin, give me water. Twin will say, king, get that water. King will say, Carson, get that water. Carson be like, no, I'm not getting. Now they arguing. So now I've, I've gotten up and got my own water because y'all can't simply do that. But when y'all want to ride, y'all want a haircut, y'all need money, it's, it's, it's immediate. I need it right now, right now, right now. And so I'm looking at certain things and how they talk, how they move, and I'm like, uh, I don't like it. And it could be because I don't get a break. I haven't gotten a break. Again, like I said, even with their other parent in their face, it's like they own, they rely on me so much. And like I, I've told them, and it, it is what it is. I told them like, y- y'all, y'all are about two infractions away from y'all gonna move with her, and I'm just, I'm gonna start living my life. And then we're gonna see how everybody likes it. Because if I'm here and I'm, I'm, I'm leading properly and I'm protecting, and I'm providing, and I'm prov- uh, giving emotional support and care, and it's simple things that I'm asking you to and not to do, and you can't do that, why are you here? Why are you here? I don't care, even as a kid, because like I've said all the time, I'm not raising kids. I'm raising human beings. So I've taught you uh, I've taught you things along the way, you know, for your age as a human being. I never baby talked you. I never did the baby thing to you. Right. Like my kids been very independent, even with me here. They've been very independent um, since they've been very young. Right. Like I, I, I told y'all before, Kev been making top ramen, you know, for him and his brother since he was like five. Right. He really think he did. He really thinks that he's the, the second parent. Um, and I tell him all the time, no, you're not. Relax. Like, I got this. But there's a high level of resentment because it's little things and like I'll tell them. I'll tell them it'll be completely silent. Right. It'll be completely silent. I'd be like, yo, just letting y'all know because it's silent and it like and I time it like, all right, let me see if they if they quiet for the moment or is this a transition to the next thing? So I'll time it like, all right, cool. Seems like everybody is is chill. I don't hear nothing. TV's not loud. I don't hear them on the phone. I don't hear music blasting anything. So everybody's in their calm state. So cool. I'll be like, yo, I'm about to record. Right? So uh, any human being, like if I'm about to record something, it's not, that doesn't say get louder. That says, all right, keep chilling. Now my kids. The moment I say I'm about to record something, everything gets loud. Like right now, I've been up, 
I've been up since 3 a.m. So that I could record the pod. Because I know if I do it any later, I'm going to hear them. And they're not going to care. And they're going to be clicking and clacking and shit. And I'm going to get frustrated. So I go out of my way to alter my schedule every week as to not get irritated because they don't respect my recording time. As a parent, I can't say I have resentment about that because that's disrespectful, right? I know on one side of the, uh, of the, of the, of the line, it's like, you got a gentle parent, you got to talk to them. If they don't respect you, then, you know, that's a you thing. And then you have the other side where I come from, it beat they fucking ass. I'm not doing that. So the next escalation is you can you can leave. You can go with your other parent. I'm fine with that. Because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beg you to do the simplest things. I'm not gonna continue to beg you to, hey, give me two hours. Right? Just give me two hours. Like when I record the pod, the I literally take like in total of silence that I need. It's two and a half hours that I need, and I can't even get that without altering my schedule to record super early, super late, or sometimes I take off work to record because that guarantees that I'm able to record through in peace. It's stuff where I be wanting to cook, right? I When, when I tell you I now, I rarely cook like big meals. If I cook, it's like a one pot, one to three pot max meal that I'll cook. When I want to cook, I, I do. I have a simple rule in the crib. No matter what, make sure the kitchen is clean before y'all go to sleep. In the event, because I work from home, in the event that I have to do a crock pot meal or a meal prep for the evening, um, I want to be able to, I want to be able to go downstairs, cook in peace. I know this sounds crazy. I should not have to wash a dish in this house. One, because I use plastic cups. And again, I don't cook for real. I don't eat like that. I eat maybe once a day. So I'll be like, yo, do that. I come downstairs. It's not only dishes in the sink. The stove got uh, oil and, and seasoned residue and, and the counters ain't wiped off. And I see that they've swept crumbs under, under the refrigerator, under the stove type, disrespectful type. Right? So it be days that I'm like, all right, I'm going to cook. And then I go downstairs and it's like, no, nah, I'm not cooking because I'm not about to wash your dishes. Like, you sit up all night. Like, they sit up all night on a video game, and, and they're teenagers. I get it, but it's just simple. Hey, make sure the kitchen clean because otherwise y'all going to complain that y'all keep getting these banquet TV dinners, and y'all damn near in college. And y'all got to eat three TV dinners to, to get y'all full. I don't care. You're going to complain that you uh, I, I had to eat top ramen for two days. Yeah. It's hella food in there to cook, but I'm not cooking because I asked you to do a simple thing. I'm, I don't want to be inconvenienced for you when I'm about to spend an hour, two hours prepping and cooking, whatever it is that you want. I literally be like, yo, what y'all want me to cook? Like every week, 
like when I go grocery shopping, when I go grocery shopping, I do not just go by myself. I say, what do y'all want to eat this week? I get that and then I'll get me like, and matter of fact, I don't even do that. I'll, I'll do that and I'll get exactly what they want and I'll eat what they wanted as opposed to me adding something to the list for myself. They didn't ask me to do that. So, okay, cool. But I learned very early as a single parent, you have to pick and choose what you're going to argue about. And before, when they were younger, I was, I was my mom. I was my dad. I was my Nana. I was my granny. You're going to eat it. Cause I put it on the table. And then you find yourself in these arguments with kids. And then you realize, yo, you were in charge of your taste buds. No, I'm not going to do no short order cook type thing where everybody get they do or get um, get a different meal. But y'all come up together and come up with something together that y'all want. And y'all tell me and then I'll conform to y'all um, because it's more of y'all because I'm not about to argue with y'all. Right. And so to this day, when I go grocery shopping, y'all, what y'all want to eat? <laughs> tell me what you want to eat. And I'm, I'm going to do that. And then I'll I, even if it's something that I don't really want, I. I'm going to eat it because I'm not about to make two, three different meals. It's things like that that I go out of my way and to, to, excuse me, and for them to have the responses to certain things that they have, to them to have certain behaviors towards me. It's crazy to me. Right? I, I It created resentment. I, like y'all know I love my kids, but I'm being fucking honest. I, if, if this is how this is going to be, like the other parent got to step in, I have resentment towards her because they don't trust, they don't trust in her enough to give me a break. She was supposed to teach them how to treat me. She was supposed to teach them that part. Because they know how to treat her. They know how to respect her. Because I feel like if I have to tell you how to treat me, right? You're not really learning for yourself. You're learning my triggers and you're going to stay within how I tell you to teach, uh, how I tell you to treat me, right? When it comes to your kids, it is the responsibility of the other parent to do the teaching. Why? Because I've known this person longer than you. So I know their mannerisms. I know, you know, how they speak, how they move. So I have to teach you how to how to uh, maneuver in that space. Because the direct teaching for me to you is different. I got to teach you how to be how to be a young man. I have to teach you the the respect of others. I have to teach you how to love others, how to protect yourself, stuff like that. So while I'm teaching you that and giving you an example how to treat others, it's the partner's responsibility to turn around and say, "All right, this is how you speak to your dad. This is how you you treat your dad." No matter what their mother ever done to me, right? No matter that you know she left. No matter. Um, no matter anything, I don't let them disrespect her. I don't. They can have their differences. They can speak their true emotions. But I don't let them disrespect her. 
right? And I, and that's something that I picked up very early in my life because um, sometimes hate, sometimes hate is a disguise for love. And I say that because I remember being younger and wanting my biological father to love me like my father did, my father that raised me. Wanting to be around my father in a, in a father-son capacity um, and not as a coach. Because I don't know if I ever made this clear. My father has been my football coach he was wait was he wasn't my coach in flag. So my father was my football coach every year of my life that I played football. Besides three, which was my junior college, uh my yeah, my junior college years. People don't know I never spent the night at his house. Like I never went home, you know, with him, you know, anything. I've never even known where he where he lived for real. And I'm forty. I never got that father-son connection with him. He's always been, you know, coach, always. You know, um, there are stories that I'm told that, you know, when I was born, you know, because I was really sickly, like, I didn't want nobody but him, right? And it was a point to where, you know, I lived in the hospital for a couple years straight, and I just wanted, I just wanted him, and um, from my understanding, you know, a lot of times he was there, and that's fine, and that's cool, but when my when when I became cognizant of life, like I don't have no memories of him being there in a way that I wanted him to be. So there was resentment because I love my dad so much, but I just don't understand what happened in his life to make him this way to you know to us. As I'm get as I've gotten older though, I do know that it's something. Whether he whether he says it to us or he ever tells us why he was that way or whatever, like it's something. But it created this level of disdain. Like it became frustrating, like, yeah, I see you at practice for those two hours, but you're not helping me with my homework, you're not teaching me how to ride a bike, you're not having, you know, these these father-son conversations, anything. It's times that, you know, he said he was going to come pick us up, and he didn't come pick us up. It was times where, you know, him and my mom got into it, and it's like, it was so much going on, and it's like, yo, I just want my dad. And then I feel like because, you know, my stepdad, you know, my father that raised me, because he was such a good man to us, I feel like my dad was like, all right, y'all, y'all, y'all got it. Like, y'all, y'all don't need that. And the reality of it is, like, we did. Like, my, my stepfather, my father is amazing. We was three badass kids from the projects. And he loved us, and he loves us like we're his own kids like we're his blood kids and I'll be forever grateful for that but the resentment it created with my biological father 
solely because I'm just like, yo, why can't we just have both? Why, like, wh- like, like, why you don't want to be as involved as as my father? And I just remember my mom, like, every time we would get mad or every time we would get disappointed, she would say, don't hate him. Nah, don't, you know, like, she never let us, like, say disrespectful things towards him. And there's so many things that was that was happening that we, like, her level of forgiveness towards what my father, the, the monster that he was back then, knowing all of that, going through all of that, yo, don't hate him. We would be, you know, frustrated and talking, you know, me and my brothers, and that was just her thing. Like, I'm not going to let you be disrespectful. That's still your dad. That's still your dad. And so for me, I, it's the same thing with, with the kids. I never knew that I was going to be in this position. I never knew that I was going to have to be, you know, a single parent. I never knew. But once the kids started showing aggression and once they started showing disrespect and once they, yo, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. The difference, though, the difference in um, how my mom was and how I am, I don't think they knew the depths of mental illness, of depression, of bipolarism, of anxiety, paranoia. I don't think back then it was a known thing. I know it now. So I'm able to say, yo, don't hate her. Like, it's not fear. But, you know, the mental issues that she has is is preventing her to be what she needs to be. So I don't let them disrespect her. In doing that, it allows them to disrespect me because I have to get, I now have to get their feelings about everything if they feel resentment aggression anger towards her i'm gonna get the attitude because i'm the parent that they go to if she says and do does anything to them you know i'm the i'm the parent they come to so i have to nah don't don't say it like that like i i understand your frustration Right. I have to be the compassionate one um, and I have to be the one showing them still, even in their frustration, even in their anger, their hurt. I have to teach them how to maneuver through that as they deal with their mother. Right. I don't have a good relationship with my mom. I wish it would. I wish it was. I don't have a good relationship with none of my parents, if I'm being honest. And it sucks because it's like. If y'all just listen to my feelings and respect them and respect boundaries, everything could be so much better. But because I'm the baby, because I was sick my entire life, I don't think, like, nobody besides my brother Duck respects me as an adult. Everybody still sees little Weather. Everybody still sees little Peanut. Everybody still sees little Duck. So when I'm setting these boundaries and in my life, it comes off as disrespect because it's like, who, who are you? You the baby. Shut up. And so I think about that often, and that's how, you know, I tell the kids, yo, like, things are unfair, and life is unfair. 
but you don't get to treat me like this. There's a certain level that I expect you to treat me. Everybody goes through, even the coolest of parents have kids that went through the I hate my parents phase. Whether it was a week, a month, a year, like they all go through it. So I account for that part of it. But there's certain things that I'm just like, no, I'm not going to tolerate. And there's certain things that I'm just not going to tolerate things that they say, you know, uh, about her. They can say it because, again, I don't want them to to grow up and resent and, and be like I am. Because like now I don't trust nobody. Like I'm just being honest, especially in a in a leader uh, elder guiding type part. Like if it's not my brother Duck, like I don't I don't really trust it. And so having that experience as a child, uh, having that experience as a child, and hearing my mother always say, you know, don't hate him. Like now I know what she was really saying is you have no idea what he's going through. And even though back then it sounded like a defense, now that I'm struggling with mental health, now that I'm a single parent, now that, you know, I have kids that I have to tell, hey, you don't you don't know. Like I tell my kids, yo, be very open with you about my mental health. I'm going to be very open with you about your mother's mental health so that you will know how to deal with with her so that you can tailor your emotions to the extent that you need to do so that you can properly maneuver through the life that you need to. But what we're not going to do is continue with this behavior towards me when I'm the only one. I'm here. No matter how bad I break down, no matter how hard the mental stuff gets, no matter how uh, uh, frustrating the finances get, no matter how frustrated I get with how they uh, don't listen or how they talk or the, the, the constant uh, trying to test me, right? I don't get to give up. I don't, I, I just don't get to. And because I don't, because I've had that idea in my mind that I can't give up, I'm silent. And now we're here. Now we're at this place to where any infraction now, I'm like, I'm, I'm there. Let's, let's, let's run it. Because it's just months and months and years of them not knowing how to treat me outwardly and me tell them, hey, this is not how you treat people. And then when I go, you know, up to the school, uh, to the games or just go up there for assemblies or, you know, people through the neighborhood. Like, if y'all know my second son, y'all know he don't like shit. Like, he don't like people. He don't he, like he just he don't. He be going through the neighborhood, doing people grass, pulling weeds, getting paid. Like, I'm like, you don't even pull our weeds. What, like, what is this? Who, who are you? Right. And he's like, you don't pay me. I had to hit him with the boondocks. Like, I allow you to use this air conditioner. I allow you to cut these lights on. I allow you to eat the food that I buy, right? I'm looking at him. I'm, I'm looking at him do that, and I'm just like, yo, like, this is crazy to me. Like, if, if like, you're going to do it if you want to, and you feel like you have that option here at home, like, I, well, I'll get to it when I want to. And that's not how this works. Because if, if that's the case, I'm going to get you to school when I want to. I'm going to get to these groceries when I want to. 
right? So I teach them by example. I teach them by example of how to be uh, good human beings, right? And like I said, outwardly, they go to the world and, and um, everything cool. They deal with their mother, how they deal with their mother respectfully um, because I've taught them how to. Like any any time I've heard them have an altercation or they've been into it, I talk, hey, that's not how you handle that. You remember, like, get your shit off, but remember respect. I'm not with you have to be this way because of a title. Right? You're a human being and you have emotions and you're gonna respond how you respond. But always keep in your mind, do you wanna talk to that person again? And if that's and if you do want to talk to that person, is your response going to ruin your relationship with this person in a sense that now it's always going to be an uncomfortable thing because you've now you now set that tone and you now set that that uh, you now put that energy out. So now you have to be prepared for whatever energy is reciprocated. Like that's why for me I say I don't I don't want to be a bully, so I don't I don't be aggressive with them a lot of the times. By the time I get aggressive with them, it's because the resentment has has kicked in, and I f and I feel my heart racing. I feel my want to be apart from them. I like like I cry often because I never felt this before. I never felt this feeling before, like resentment and jealousy. I've never felt before. So you know, in my older age, it like when stuff like this hit, like it fucked with me because I'm like, yo, what is this, and why why is it towards my kids? But it's the constant pounding of of disrespect. And to them, it's not disrespect because they're kids. But it's like, it's just little shit that just keep building and building and building. It's like, yo, like if y'all if y'all can't get it together, why are you here? I think how, you know, how their mother, she just come, she she gets to just come and go. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I understand because I, I, I'm going through through mental stuff, so I, I understand the mental part of it, but it's resentment there. Like not only not only did you not teach them their your part of how they're supposed to treat me as a human being, like you don't get none of the attitude, you don't get none of the, the fight, you don't get none of the disrespect. Like they act identical to her, which is super duper weird because like I said, it's going on nine, let me see. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. It's going, it's eight years. Going on nine years. There's no way you should be acting identical to her. And what I mean by that, when I'm down and when I'm going through, it's like they kick up the disrespect harder when they feel like, you know, I'm not going to respond, when they feel like, oh, dad is just going to stay in his room, um, they start the disrespect or they elevate the disrespect. And in turn, they become bullies low-key because they know that I'm not going to respond in, um, in an aggressive way because I told you, like, I don't be putting my hands on them for real unless I need, well, the people who know the last time I put somebody, yeah. But I don't whoop 
them. I don't threaten them. It's not one of those, like, I'm walking around here and there's, there's fear because I'm trying to build more respect than I am fear, right? Like, like to me, that's the key. The key is, is learning how to respect and to identify when you are being respected or disrespected for real um, so that you will know if you are in danger and have to respond to disrespect with physicalities or if it's just disrespect that you can walk away from. That's very important to me because I don't want to create bullies. But because she's hard, like in the in the time frame that they saw us together, they've taken her mannerisms on how to treat me. It is my fault because I allowed her to treat me like that under the auspice of I don't want to, I don't want the kids to see us argue like I saw my parents argue. I don't want to traumatize them with domestic violence like I was traumatized seeing domestic violence. And so openly she would say and do things and I just wouldn't correct it in front of them because it's like I don't want you to feel like a child in front of the kids and I don't want them to then get the energy that oh well if he talking to her like this and doing this I could do that and she didn't give me that same respect and now we're years past and they never learned that so now we're here to you know one they never learned how to really treat me out like from an outside source in but now we're in the phase of I know what I know and I'm, I'm trying to be my own person and now I'm hormonal and my testosterone is changing and stuff like that. So you mix all that together and it's a disaster. And I've been so patient. Like I tell you guys, patience, purpose, order, that's my thing. And I, 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 I just, I've been chilling and I've just been watching and I've just been trying to teach and be an example of a hardworking human being, period. A respectful human being, period. Right? Like they don't, and, and I, I tell them often, y'all don't understand the respect level that I give you all. I don't go in their rooms when they're doing stuff that require privacy. I remove myself. Like I, I, it is what it is. I give them a very high level of respect so that when they go into the world, they know what it, what it looks like. They know what respect should be. They know how to respect other people. Again, they weren't taught that. So for me, I'm just in here like a regular ass person to them until they need something, until they want something, until they uh, need to go somewhere, until, you know, they need me to come protect them. It's just like they use me like as a guard dog, right? Go fetch. Like that, that's, that's the, that's the, the extent that the fun goes. It's, it's like, I feel like it's go fetch, go fetch, all right, protect. It's never chill. It's never, oh, relax. It's never, all right, I, I, I got you. I'm, I'm going to handle this, right? And so now I'm in the space of, like, I just look at, like, with every infraction, I'm just like, yo, you, you don't even realize how, how much you about to just be gone, for real. Um, because I'm me, excuse me, it's important for me, it's important for me to, one, figure out whatever the emotion is or whatever um, is going on, and one, allow myself to feel it to, the, to its max, but then figure out ways that 
I can let it go. Right? I've learned that some ways to combat resentment is one of the biggest things that I already do. It's to allow yourself to feel. This for me is my biggest weapon. Like, and, and I wish that more people were aware of how just allowing yourself to feel the thing, good or bad, how big that is in your journey as a human. I don't care if you're dealing with high level of, of mental health disease. I don't care, you know, I don't care what it is. Um, everybody can benefit from allowing themselves to feel the feelings that come up in real time, uh, freely, not reserved, not disguised, but full-fledged feel what's in your heart and mind, whether it's tears or laughter. I'm never going to be embarrassed for that because for so many years, I didn't feel for so many years, it was difficult for so many years. I've just been hiding like shit don't matter for real. And it does. It, it, it matters. It matters that I feel resentment towards my kids. It matters that I feel resentment towards their mother. It, it matters because I feel disrespected and I feel like as a leader, I, how am I lead you? How am I going to lead you properly if I feel like you disrespect me? How am I going to guide you properly if I feel like you don't you don't listen? And if you look at my track, if if you look at my track record, I am in fact a great leader. That's one thing about me that I that I am. I am, listen, I may not be the greatest of men, but it's just certain things that I am great at. I am great at fathering. I am great at leading. I am great at protecting. I am great at providing. I said that twice because, like, I'm, like, listen. Knowing that I'm never going to be embarrassed about feeling how I feel. I'm never going to, um, I'm never going to, to cut my emotions off to please someone else. Being the bigger person, like we let so much slide and someone could be the wrongest of the wrong and we still be like, well, it's cool. No, nah, don't worry about it. But on the inside, we are tormented. The aggression, the hurt, the, you know, it's like I, I feel like a lot of times we're all that Michael Jordan meme, that that crying face. Like I feel like a lot of us are, are that on the inside a lot of times that we let shit slide out of the idea like, all right, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to take it there. Because you're, again, you're fighting that idea of, is this response warranted or do I feel challenged and I don't want to look like a punk? So now I have to take something to the extreme to make people, you know, be scared or feel like, oh, he tough. He got it. He got the juice. No. It's not that I think that I'm, um, I'm better. 
because I'm able to allow myself to feel what I feel and because I've gotten to this point to where I'm not embarrassed. I just truly feel like outside of strangers, like I shouldn't have to tell you. I shouldn't have to tell you how to treat me. I shouldn't have to to go out of my way to um, to do that. Like if you if if you are a person that I converse with daily, weekly, monthly, what what have you, and it's been a good amount of time that you've known me, I shouldn't have to tell you how to treat me because I treat everyone with respect. I treat everyone, you know, with honesty, you know, uh, with grace, right? And so I feel like I shouldn't have to to tell you, don't do that to me, like because that's not nice, or you know, don't say those things, right? I shouldn't have to tell you to do that. I, you should. It, it should be second nature. I shouldn't have to tell you. Hey, if I ask you to do something, you should. I shouldn't have to tell you that because I'm giving you the example that when you ask me, I get up and I do it, right? Anytime, like my kids be asking me to do stuff that I could, like that I know that I could do, right? I get up and do it. They'll ask me, like I'll be like, yo. I'm cutting like to I'm free for this two hours. Um, I'm cutting hair. Do y'all want me to cut your hair, retwist your hair? No. All right. Cool. If if I sit down, if I lay down, I'm not cutting your hair. I'm not doing your hair. What happens when I lay down? Uh, I was thinking about it. Can you can you do my hair? And what do I do? I get up. Right. Some days that I'm like, man, I'm not cooking. I just don't feel like cooking, da-da-da-da-da. One of them peep, peep their head in there. Dad, you cooking today? What you cooking? For me, that's, that's I, I love that, right? I Because lo- I love cooking. That Like, cooking is the thing that gives me peace outside of my poetry, outside of doing the podcast. Especially cooking for my kids. But it's like, when I say, like, yo, what y'all want to eat? And y'all tell me nothing. And then I get comfortable and I chill. And then now it's like, all right, I want you to cook. And then it's like, you know, 7, 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock. I'm not fuck out of here. But I get up and I figure out it may not be the, the, the largest of meals that you wanted, but I find a way to cook something that you wanted that's going to suffice. And then I know, you know, I'm going I'm to make it tomorrow. So when things are happening and being said to me and being done to me and I'm just quiet because, again, when like coming up, you can't really be like, yo, you disrespecting me. Like your your parents don't care about your mental health. Your, they don't care about you feeling disrespected. They don't care about you your feelings being hurt. Get your ass up. Go to school. I'll pay the bills. Shut up. That's not how I operate. Nah, we all in this together. Anything that I do, like and I'm always going out of my way to anything that I do. I consult my kids because it's going to alter their life. Anything that's going to alter their life, they deserve a conversation. I've been this way since junior was five. And as each of the kids, excuse me, after each of the kids came and and start understanding, you know, human human conversation, yo, we're going to sit up at this table. Even when they didn't understand, when it was just Kev that understood, Kiana would be in the high chair and I'll be talking. And then when, when Kingston came, you know, he would be sitting in the high chair and I would be, you know, hey, hey, 
Keanu, hey, Kev, we, we about to move right here. We about to do this, da-da-da, whatever. Hey, I'm about to, you know, be in a, try to get into a relationship, da-da-da-da. Like, I always talk to him about everything. So it's like, it's weird to me that, you know, we've come to this this space now over the past year to where it's how it is. And it's a constant, it's a constant thing. But for me, I, I tell them, hey, I told them a month or so ago, like, yo, y'all really pushed me to the point where, like, I'm, I need a break. But that's important to me, so they'll know that, all right, I'm not, like, uh, like, like, I'm not discounting you as my son. I never will. I'll always be there to protect you. But as a human being, you are a fucking dickhead, and you're being disrespectful, and I don't want no parts of it. But if you need me, let me know. Right? Um... So allowing myself to feel how I feel, it does help with a lot of things. Like, again, that's, that's one of the biggest things for me. Um, then also it's, uh, talking to someone, right? When it comes to stuff like this, you have to pick and choose who you, who you talk to. Like when it comes to resentment of anything or anyone, because you don't want to put yourself in the position to where your emotions get misconstrued as threats or harm or, or what have you, or neglect and stuff like that. Because sometimes people will just hear certain things and they'll hear trigger words and they'll assume the worst without any understanding, right? I know for people who know me, um, listening to this, you know, listen to this podcast in regards to my kids, they know how I am with my kids right in real life they know the love that i have they know you know the the protection that i have they know that realistically like don't try me right but again we don't get to say we resent our kids and we resent this situation i never i never signed up for this shit Right. When I went in, when I went into the parental arena, I always thought that it was going to be an equal playing field of co-parenting, good or bad. I was one of the people like, man, it's never going to happen to me. And then when it happened, I'm like, well, it ain't going to be like everything else because, you know, I'm going to get my kids this, that, and the other. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, it is like all the stories that I heard. It's just in reverse. I'm just I'm the, the person with the kids. But I have, I'm the person with, with the everyday issues. I'm the person with, you know, I got to get the attitude because I'm the person in front of them. So for me, it's like, you know, talking to a therapist to a certain extent, it's like I can't, I can't even say certain things to a therapist, right? I can't say certain things to certain friends because it comes off as, you know, well, this is just the way kids are and you got to deal with it. It's like, no, this is not just the fucking way kids are. Not every single day. It's just not. And, and, and if that is, fuck them kids, because it can't, that, that's just not how it is. So, you know, again, you hold a lot in. I don't claim to be the perfect parent. I don't, I, I, I don't, because I'm not, right? It's been situations that I've had with the, situ- with the kids that, like I told y'all, like I used to beat their ass when they were younger. For no other reason, but that was what was done to me. And so a lot of things that I'm doing doing in life as a parent, like early on, it was like I'm doing the complete opposite of what what my parents did to me that I didn't like. But I did it without understanding, so that turned them into something else. So, you know, I had to even that shit out. Like, all right, I'm not about to I'm not about to beat on y'all for, for like for discipline, but we are gonna have conversations. There is gonna be a certain level of accountability, right?
as time went on and the the whooping stopped and the aggression stopped and the threat stopped, they started getting a little bit wild. And by wild, I mean wild by my standards, not wild like, you know, anything, you know, too crazy. But they started, they they got older and certain things started to happen. And I didn't understand it for real because I'm like, yo, like this not this not how you was raised. But I take into account that, you know, her uh their mother, their grandfather, their maternal grandfather and myself, we have, you know, some mental health issues. Because I know how life works, it's like I gotta pay attention to make sure that y'all are not suffering in a in a certain way. But when y'all act up, I still have to, I still have to be your dad. I still have to love on you. I still have to, you know, show a a high level of care towards you, no matter how you, how you, you treat me. And so I think I attempted to talk, to, to talk about this in therapy, I think like twice, but the way the, the, the way my therapist mood changed, um, body language and stuff, I'm like, nope. I'm cool. Cause I feel like you you're not you're not understanding the the positive side of it. Like I'm like I still do what I what I'm supposed to as a parent. I never put my kids in harm's way. Um I never left them stranded nowhere, never done anything neglectful towards, you know, towards my kids, but I still have these feelings because of their behaviors and I'm just like I, I can't I can't take it no more. I can't deal. And so talking to talking like this you guys have no clue how much this podcast saves my life weekly. Because it allows me to get out of my head the the negative, depressive, resentful feelings that I have while going through this journey. I have to maneuver through all of this stuff. Again, I'm no better, no worse than the next person that struggles with this and that has to still be their selves for their family, right? But I'm dealing with all of this while trying to reconcile the depressive mind state that I'm constantly in. Like, when I tell y'all, the, uh, I want to say... September, I started feeling myself drifting off into the fog. I told y'all I'm very comfortable in this mental purgatory because I'm used to chaos. But the comfort allows me to see a smidget of light normally. I haven't seen the light yet since since September. And I feel different. Like I'm, I'm being honest, I feel different. I feel more aggressive. I feel more. Uh, I feel more uh, quick-tempered. I feel more uh, rage or enraged. Um, and I'm just being honest. So every time you know they do something, every time I feel like it's a level of disrespect, you know, because it's simple shit. You know, clean your bathroom, uh, clean uh, clean up after yourself in the kitchen. Uh, make sure you know y'all cutting the lights on and off you know, before you go to sleep or what have you, like, don't, like, don't have me waking up in the middle of the night and the oven on, lights on, y'all sleep, yada, whatever. 
It's little stuff that a regular person probably would just overlook, like, all right, it's just kid stuff. And it's for me, it's kid stuff until I specifically ask you. Once I specifically ask you to do or not to do a certain thing, that becomes disrespect. And then that makes me want to slap the shit out of you, right? But I can't say that to a therapist because a therapist is going to assume that I'm going to slap the shit out of one of them. And that's not where I am. And I hate that again, unless I talk to them like that, unless I'm this aggressive street person, like they, like, I don't know what it is about my kids' generation. They want to be so tough, so bad unnecessarily. And they don't realize, like I tell my kids, like I've been shot at, I've been stabbed, uh, some people tried to kill me. Like I've been through the ringer, I've been arrested. Like I've been through the ringer. This is not what you want. Like I'm not TV, TikTok tough. If I have to encounter altercation, my mind is straight to, I have to make sure I get back to my kids, meaning by all means necessary, life or death, I got to get back to my kids. Because they don't have nobody like me. I'm down for my kids 1 million percent since they was born. I don't give a fuck what the situation is. I'm down for my daughter. Even like, I, I can't wait until she understands what's really going on. And so her and I can have a conversation I'm 100% down for all of my kids. Because I haven't been able to re ex express resentment in the situations that I'm in, I think that it's, it's adding more to the depression. It's adding more to the frustration because it's like I'm trying to do my best here. I can't say I'm the victim because even in therapy, they're like, oh, well, what did, what did you do? And what do you say? Like, for whatever reason, there is this idea that a person can't be an overall good person and in the same breath, a bad person never does bad without being antagonized. But the reality of it is is certain people are just fucking bad people all the time. All the time. Their intentions are bad. Their mannerisms, the way that they speak, they're bad. But because it's like life is set up how it is, I can't say like, yo, I really didn't do shit, but this person treats me like that. I can't say this person talked down on me so much that it did something to me as a human being that it was the relationship was not worth it. That's the reality of a lot of situations and a lot of us, we stick in and we keep fighting and we keep doing this because we don't want society to look at us a certain way. We don't want that judgment. We can't tolerate the, the, the attacks that we're going to get. But I don't really give a fuck about people's opinion of me. So for me, like I came to the point in, in my life to where I'm like, no, I got to speak up. Again, still not bad mouth and still not um, still not speaking from from feelings per se, just speaking of facts. So having someone to talk to, you know, about certain situations, which I'm glad that um, with what I'm going on, I have people who understand many parts of my life separately.
I wish I had uh, a person who just understood it all that, you know, I could just have those conversations with and it just be whatever. But I'm comfortable with, you know, the people that I have to talk about, you know, the, the things like certain people that I that I have conversations with about this subject, but won't in regards to another, because I don't think that they have the mental capacity to 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 guide me to the place mentally that 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 I'm stuck at, right? Because we get to this place in our head of how we want to handle situations or how we feel like we're going through it. And sometimes we get stuck and we need a little push. If you go to the wrong person and say the wrong things, they'll push you in a direction that you wasn't meant to go into. So you can't just talk to anybody about anything. Like I've had this thing my entire life where, or not my entire life, my entire parental life. If you don't have kids, if you're not involved, uncle or auntie, if you don't work at a daycare and you don't deal with kids, I don't give a fuck about your opinion when it comes to kids. You've never experienced it in any capacity. Don't fucking tell. I don't care if you went to school 30 years and read 30 books. If you've, if you've never dealt with the kids in the capacity of a day-to-day situation, I'm talking morning to night to daycare to, to elementary to junior high to high school. If you've never done that, I just, start, I just don't listen. So for me, when I'm talking to people and I'm and, and I'm analyzing like certain things, it's like I, I can't talk to you about that because you've never experienced it. You won't know how to respond to me like, you know, for real, like in regards to the situation with losing Kennedy. Right. It's just certain people like you. You've never experienced that. I can't talk to you about that because you're going to be nonchalant about it, because in your mind, like it's just another it's it's another death and and realistically we are all accustomed to people dying right but if you talk to someone who's actually experienced losing a child the conversation is different the healing process is different the understanding is different the 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 road of of understanding is is wider right so having people to talk to having an avenue to talk even if you don't like for me um, this podcast is one of my avenues to just get it out. As I'm trying to help you all, I'm trying to help myself as well. So I have therapy. I have, you know, this podcast. I have the people that, you know, that I trust with, you know, my innermost, most personal feelings. Um, and so a lot of times when I'm talking to them, when I'm talking to them about these things, they're, they're able to help me to understand where the resentment comes from. Because I'm so loving and I'm so caring, I'm like almost shocked when I feel resentment, when I feel jealousy, when I feel, like it's certain things that I, it just feels weird to me. Like uh, resentment, jealousy, loneliness, like those are foreign to me. I never, I, when I tell you, like I'm just being honest, Up until I start really wanting peace in my life, like for real, for real, just it doesn't matter what. I just want peace. I became uber vulnerable to my emotions. So it's no guard. It's no uh, uh, it's no walls up with myself as a result to how I express emotions, how I receive emotions, etc. So when these things start hitting, like as you know, uh, uh, as depression turned into anxiety. Anxiety escalated to paranoia. Paranoia is now uh, escalating to resentment. It's like, what is this? 
I don't like it. But you got to understand it and understand where it comes from so you can break it down. Like, I live in patience, purpose, uh, patience, purpose, and order. I'm very emotional and temperamental. So before I jump out the window with anything, I've analyzed that thing like 10 times, right? So if, if, if I'm arguing, because I, I just said, like, I don't be arguing with people. I just, I, it just, it's, it's not worth it for me. I don't care if I care about you or don't care about you. I'm not one of them, like, if I stop arguing with you, you know, that means I don't care. Nah. If I stop arguing with you, that means that you push me to a level that, like, we going to argue for real. And because I don't want to argue for real, like, because I know I love you. I know that you my kids. I know that you my partner. I know that, you know, I got to come back to work here for real. I, all right, you got it. So when I'm when I'm on the other side of that and I'm going in and I'm and, and I'm combative and I'm and I'm and I'm defensive and I'm stuck, it's because I sat back and I'm in and analyze like, all right. You're going to keep trying me because you know that I am chill. You know that I am calm. You know that I'm not going to going to respond because I have this thing in my mind because it's been said to me so often. Your temper is just like your dad. So I'm slow to anger now. Because I'm mature enough. To say, no, nah, I'm not I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to respond that way because the child in me. Don't want to feel like. People are thinking, you just like your dad. You act just like your dad. If I'm being honest, that's a lot of the reasons why, for me, like, besides me having a bunch of kids, besides um, besides my mental health stuff, a lot of the reason why I really don't be looking for relationships because I'll never forget um, this phone call. I was on with my ex, high school. I don't know who my dad is for real. I do not know that man's life story. I don't know nothing but what I know, right? I don't let people tell me nothing about him because his life is his life. If he want me to know certain things, then he'll tell me certain things. So I don't know who my dad was as a kid, a teenager, um, who he was before he was my dad. I know what I know once I, once I start remembering. But I'll never forget this phone call um, and uh, my ex um, her parents and my my dad, I guess, had went to school together, and my dad had a reputation of whatever. I'll never forget, like, her, you know, telling her daughter, because I was on three-way, and she's like, all right, just be quiet. It's going to be a quick call, yada, whatever. But I'll never forget her mom being so disgusted with me as a human being solely because of who my father was. That sticks with me to this day because I'm nothing like my father. So for me, I tell y'all all the time, like one of the hardest things, even when everything was at its coolest, one of the hardest things for me was having multiple baby mothers because that's not my get down. Because even in the coolest of situations, somebody's going to miss out, right? So I'm like, I know I want more kids, but I'm afraid of that because of that, that idea of somebody saying, oh, look at him, he's just like his dad. But they not realizing, like, I'm in long-term relationships with these people. I'm not just... I'm not just having kids for the sake of having kids. It's just the natural progression of the relationship, right? And so the resentment I have towards my father for not knowing who he is to be able to properly defend the accusations of me being just like my father, it haunts me and it, it, it makes me move a certain way.
But without me wanting to understand that where it came from, I don't, I'm not able to fix it. I'm big on forgiveness. I'm big on grace. I'm big on all these things, right? I feel like being too forgiving, giving too much grace is a recipe for resentment. I'm not saying you got to be hard on people. I'm not saying you got to be mean. But what I'm saying is there's certain parts of your life that you have to just stand up for yourself. You have to be okay with losing. Right? You have to be, you, you, you got to be with certain situations as a result to how you are being treated. And I'm not talking about ego shit. I'm talking about for real, full-fledged disrespect, hurt, pain, etc. Like, I'm talking like, like you are being bombarded with disrespect. Love cannot stop you. Or the idea of losing love cannot stop you from saying enough. You have to be able to, you have to be okay. Like when I walked away from my daughter's mom for the disrespect that I, I had to endure verbally, like I, like I told you guys before, I was always introduced as, he, as my daughter's dad. Never boyfriend, boo, bae, whatever, never. Right. And some people might say, oh, well, it's no big deal about that. But it is a very big deal because I can only be what you identify me as. Right. And if you are introducing me and I'm constantly only hearing that I'm, you know, her father or whatever, I'm going to move accordingly. Right. And then when you disrespect me and down talk me, everything click like, oh, you do that because you don't want a real relationship. I could tell because not only uh, the, the introduction or lack thereof. Um, of identifying us as a thing and then the way you talk to me and then the things you say to me. So it's like, oh, okay, cool. Knowing where that resentment can uh, come from, I don't care what people say about me dipping from that relationship. I don't care about what people say about the aftermath of that relationship. I don't see my daughter right now solely because of that, because I decided that I'm not about to let you talk me to the ground. I'm not about to let you keep telling me, oh, well, um, I'll never marry you because of because of your sons and wanting me to, you know, leave my sons, you know, to be a family with you when no. There was there there was a lot of ways around the situation and, you know, you stubborn and you want what you want. And that's just that's what it is. But what we're not going to do is allow my love for you to be uh, to be so much more than the disrespect that you apply on me daily. So I'm in a space now of I don't want to feel resentment. It's foreign to me. It hurts. So I don't know what else to do but to understand the why. And in understanding the why, you know, there's a level of accountability that you have to have in placing the blame in the proper area. We have to get out of this. I blame myself. We have to get out of it. It's certain people. I'm one of them that no matter what went wrong, I always found a way to make it my fault. Always. No understanding for myself, no care for myself, no grace, no patience for myself, only outward. In a situation to where, like, now that I'm playing back certain things that were done and that were said, it's like, this is why I feel the way that I feel. This is why it's so heavy in me, because I'm not uh, um, understanding where it came from. 
I'm refusing to see that person for who they are and how they treat me. So it becomes difficult for me to express the emotion. Now I'm holding it in and now I hate everything and everybody. I hate relationships. I hate the idea of having kids. I hate the idea of working for people like because I'm holding all this stuff in and I'm, I'm making it uncomfortable for myself because in my mind, if I respond temperamental or aggressive or angry now I become the abuser now I become the bully so there's no defense when it comes to myself because I don't have nobody standing in front of me to uh, uh, be a shield for me because I'm very much a uh, like I'm gonna protect you you protect I'm gonna protect you and everything that we have you got to protect me though Right. Not fully. You got to have my back. Right. What, 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 what the officers say, you got to have my six. That's just what it is. And because I don't have that and everything just hits me directly and I, I am who I am in my community and my friend group and my parental groups, like because I am who I am in a relationship space, I got to eat that and, 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 and live with it. This is not the 40s, 50s and 60s. We, we, we're not going to do this. I'll, I will get the fuck away from you so fast. Like I said, the best and worst things that I, I ever happened to me is becoming a, 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 a divorcee and a single parent, but then learning how to take care of them by myself without questions, you know, without harassing, without anything. Just learning how to do this shit myself. That was one of the biggest things. So... I'm grateful that I went through everything that I went through to get me to the point of understanding. I'm grateful that I start feeling myself be a bully, uh, be aggressive. And then I wanted to not because nobody said something, but I wanted not to feel that I want to see what understanding is, what peace is, what true love is, what authentic agape unconditional love is with everyone that I deal with. I don't judge. I don't care to judge. You are who you are. I am who I am. If I want to be around you, I'm going to make the, the effort to do so. And that not only means respecting you, but it also means I demand respect. Right? Once I get to understanding, I have to like, and this is constant for me. This is constant. I mean, sometimes maybe too much. I have to remind myself that mistakes happen. Um, this one is. I laugh at this one. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I I laugh when it comes to tr like like because I do it often. I be trying to like yo man. They don't mean nothing by it. It it, it could be just a mistake. Yada yada whatever. Right. But then reality sets in I'm like how many fucking mistakes do I have to to forgive how many like how many times do I have to take it as a mistake like nah this is this this is not a mistake this is a pattern right but because I'm trying to be king forgiver and the forgiver of all I'm just like oh no you know it's a mistake but it's like nah I be letting too much shit slide Like, I really be letting a lot slide. I be letting people talk to me crazy, treat me crazy, and I be like, no, oh, you're having a bad day. Uh, you, you could be going through something. Like, my level of understanding when it comes to people wilding out on me, like, it's crazy. This should not be like this. 
But word to Bruce Banner, the secret is I'm always fucking angry. I'm always willing to take it there. Always. Unnecessarily even. Right? Unnecessarily. So it's like, nah, like, we, we gonna, we're going to figure this out. Because I'm not going to keep on, like, counting that as a mistake towards you. Because now it's like, I'm your punching bag. And you're going to do this continuously because you know that I'm loving and I'm caring. And I'm going to, to allow you to continue in this pattern without checking you on it. And the reality of it is, when you allow people to continue to make mistakes to a certain extent and that pattern is formed now it's on you because you allowed you allowed this new thing to set into their life without checking them on it and that's one thing that i do regret about my relationship with my daughter with my oldest daughter's mom right i never said nothing to her i just sat there and 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 took it in hopes that she would see the love that i had for her how far i was willing to go for her that she would see that as an example, and then she would eventually respect me as a partner, uh, as a co-parent, et cetera. And it never came. It only got worse. The down-talking, the disrespect, the attitude for no reason. I'll never forget. We really got into it at the baby shower. I should have knew then that that shit wasn't going to work. Like, we got into a full-ass argument at the baby shower. I'm like, bro, you want to do this here? Like, it was just, it was so crazy. Like, that, like looking back at that whole situation, but it's because I let a lot of shit slide. I, like, fresh off of a, a of a divorce, just trying to get back into it, and I'm like, I don't want to lose a relationship. I really care for this person, yada, yada, whatever. You know, now she is the, you know, the mother of my daughter. Um, so I wanted to be respectful, but the disrespect was off rip. And I, I ate that shit. Because I love so much, I care so much. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do you like this. I don't want to be like what the statistics show. But what they don't show is how hard the the other parent makes it for you. How much it pulls on your mental health. How it could kill you in times, right? Like a lot of the ailments that I have, my heart, my lung, all. The, the the muscle disorder literally in every description of the diagnosis stress is a factor when you're at a high level of stress your body start breaking down so i tell people often like when they say stress kills i am living that life so i really be trying to stay as peaceful as possible because i'm literally i'm literally walking with elements that can escalate if i am too stressed so I can't continue to allow shit to slide that's stressing me out. So I get away from it. I get away from it. I all right, cool. I see that you're not taking the cues that, you know, I'm respectful and I love you and I want this to work and yada yada, whatever. And that's cool for me. I'm never sweating you for not wanting to be with me. I'm never sweating my kids for not wanting to kick it with me, talk to me. I'm never sweating it, but I'm going to remove myself from, you know, from said situation. Respect got to be both ways. Like, I, I think one of my biggest issues is that um, I'm either docile or I'm dominant. That's it. There's no in between. 
a lot of things in life for me, I see it two ways. Yes or no, this and that. I don't know how to not be that way. Like the respect, it'd it be right there. Like people be right on the edge of disrespect and respect, right? They always step over the line. It's all like they always miss the cue of, of right there where like that, that thin line where, where respect turns into disrespect. It's always missed. And I understand none of us is perfect. Like, I get it. But how much do you let slide before you isolate or remove yourself before it turns into resentment, before you start mixing in all of your emotions to that thing. That's why I tell y'all it's important for me when I'm in situations to stop in real time and make sure that I'm giving the response for the situation and not the response for, um, not the response for the mental health part of it. It's difficult. It like when I very first start trying to do that, that shit didn't work. I was just responding like that. I was like, all right, I'm energy for energy for real. Like I tell people, like my mom is my dominant, my dominant parent because and, and because of that, my mannerism, my responses are a little bit more feminine. Like I'm quick to argue back, like I used to be. I'm quick to snap back. I used to be. Right? That's in me. Just like I tell people, you know, violence is in me. The niceness is 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 that's the difficult part. Like respect the peace that I'm giving you, respect the love that I'm giving you because slapping the shit out of you is, is, is regular to me. I wouldn't see anything wrong with that because that's the time that I came up in. Right. So overall I get it. People make mistakes, but don't allow mistakes turn shit into a pattern that you are stuck in and refusing to defend yourself from because now that turns to your fault and not the person who is actually doing the abusing. Because once you recognize the abuse, the hurt, the pain, and you stay, you can no longer complain about further hurt, abuse, and chaos because you stayed. Right? You cannot, like, like for a long time, I, I, I wasn't saying nothing about what was going on in my marriage. I wasn't saying nothing about what was going on in my relationship with my daughter's mom. Why? Because I chose to stay for my own uh, insecurities. I, I did that. Once I identified it, it's up to me to get the strength that I need for myself. Not nobody telling me, don't deal with this person, don't deal with that person. Like, me, myself, like, oh, shit, I see it. That's why I hate the idea of love being the most important thing to people because that shit is blinding and it's, it's, it's an it's a illusion. Once you look past that and see a person for who they, who they really are, good or bad, it's like that, that's, where, that's that space you're supposed to be in. Like love is an action word. Don't tell me you love me and, and, and verbally you know, abuse me and mentally abuse me and financially abuse me. That's not love. You can't, you, like you're lying. You love sex. You love having someone to depend on. You don't love me as a human being, as a companion, as a partner. In learning that throughout my life, it, it was very important. And I don't I, like I don't learn that without 
understanding resentment, where, where resentment comes from. I don't, I don't get there if I don't have accountability in myself, if I don't remind myself, you know, people make mistakes, but mistakes do turn into patterns. Like if I don't remind myself and be open to these things, then I'm stuck, right? And so like, I don't want to be stuck because I already have enough issues I'm dealing with, with myself, with traumas that have nothing to do with certain people. But they add to it when we have certain conversations. So it's like, I don't wanna be stuck in that place. And you know, I've worked towards forgiveness, right? Because that's important for me, because a lot of times um, we holding on to something that no one else is. People who be doing you wrong, they don't really be giving a fuck that they doing you wrong. You care. I can't believe you did this. Da, 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 you treated me like this. You treated me like that. And it's like, why well, I'm tripping? You, you're not tripping. Yeah, you hurt me. Yeah, I'm hurt. Yeah, you know, ha, ha, look at me. Joke's on me. Um, but I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to sit in that place. I don't want to, I don't want to be there for too long. I don't want to be in that resentment. I don't want to be in that uh, evilness. I like I choose to forgive. Now I'm gonna isolate and get the fuck away from you. Like I'm not gonna hold no malice toward you. Um, because for what? Right? Like I only have to have emotions for the thing that I'm dealing with, for the thing right in front of me. Like if you've done me wrong and I got I I finally got strong enough to get away from you, I don't give a fuck about your opinion about me. And that goes for romantic relationships, friendships, work, family, whatever. I don't I don't care. If you've done me wrong and I've expressed, yo, you've done me wrong and then you kept doing me wrong and now I have to put myself in a position to get away from you, I, I don't care what your opinion of me is after that. I do forgive all the time. Why? Because I require forgiveness because there's some shit that I've done in my life that I'm still working on forgiving myself for. I told you guys a few episodes ago how much I used to steal when I, you know, when, when I had a rough time in my life. And I know I fucked people's life up because like, I was not like... I wasn't stealing just regular shit. I was stealing shit that people need in their life. And I'm not proud of that. I wasn't even proud of it then, but life is what it is. And there's certain things that you have to do to survive to get to the next thing. And I like that's why I don't judge, you know, I don't judge criminals. I don't know what the hell they went through. I, I, like I said a few episodes ago, I do judge the big three. But... Overall, I don't know what circumstances pushed them to that thing to have to do what it was that they did. So I choose to forgive because I require forgiveness of things that I did. Right. I require empathy because I give empathy. But it's it, like it's, empathy has become such a foreign concept in today's times. Like it is immediate judgment and ridicule like you 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 get comments like you're too old for this you're too old for that right you're too old not to know this like internet exists get on the internet yada yada whatever but sometimes like and i'm just being honest in my experience for me a lot of times i don't even be knowing what to look for 
if I'm being honest, like on things that I want to be educated about. And because the world is the way that it is, it's like you kind of really don't want to ask. Like I have I have put up a, a, a post on my Twitter asking, yo, for the single parents who have been doing this for uh, a good amount of time, how do you get through this part of the single parent journey of the resentment? More importantly, for parents in general, how do you get through the resentment phase towards your kids? Because, listen, as much as they're going to get into the I hate my parents phase, that coincides with the man fuck these kids phase. How do you get through it properly? How does all parties get to have their uh, their negative feelings towards each other of I hate you, you trying to ruin my life and tell me what to do, and me, like, you getting on my fucking nerves, you're not listening, like, I'm just trying to 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 guide you and help you. Like, how do you get to that part um, but still have the love there? Because I love my kids, and I know that they love me. Like, it's not shown properly a lot of times, um, but I account that to them being teenagers and preteens and them trying to find their way in the 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 circle of life as a result to our household is hella testosterone. I'm very, even when they make me mad and even when they do things that I quote unquote feel are disrespectful, I still am very empathetic to them. And so it's frustrating when I see and I hear and I know that empathy isn't returned. Like I saw, I saw a post yesterday, right? And this is just, how society is. I saw a post yesterday. This young lady was working out in a gym, and I don't know if she was. I don't know if it was a, like a condo apartment type gym. I don't know if it was just like a small gym in her town or whatever. But I know for me, when I'm working out, you know, at a gym, right? My mind is not thinking about violence. It's not thinking about anything. So if I see somebody at the door and they having trouble getting in, you know, whatever, I'm gonna open the door. That's just my natural thing. I'm gonna get back to working out. So this lady, same difference, she was working out, um, saw some, some guy at the door, looked like he was there to work out, opens the door, and goes back to working out. Guy eventually attacks this woman, right? She started beating his ass. Like, I love that part. But the guy started attacking her, and she's fighting for her life. She's doing whatever she can. Um to save her from getting raped, killed, hurt, whatever, whatever this guy was intending on doing. She fought for her life to get out of that situation. And majority of the people, all they said was, well, that's her fault. She shouldn't open the door. So because this woman showed empathy, assuming that, you know, this man had been locked out or assuming that he forgot his key or assuming that, you know, the door that is normally unlocked was locked because she had empathy and wanting to help this man in whatever way, and it was returned with violence, you're, you're calling her dumb. She deserved it. She should have did this. Like, that's how society is. Nobody gives a fuck about your mistakes. They gonna ridicule you to no end and blame you even when you are the victim. And this is why people don't speak up about things. This is why people, you know, don't post certain things. A lot of us don't move, um, don't move on in life because 
we are truly victims, but because the moment we express being a victim, we're like everyone looks for the wrong in our uh, victimhood. And so a lot of us just say, fuck it. And there's no empathy given to anybody. And so now we have this world full of fucking people who just, they just want to judge all day and they never been in that experience until you are attacked, until, you know, you're in a situation to where it's like, oh, that person's trying to work out. Like that woman was not thinking, if you gave her a hundred choices, of what that man was going to do when he came in that door, I'm certain she wouldn't have said attack her in in a hundred of them. Because we don't naturally think like that, especially when we're working out, doing something, you know, self-care, health care, whatever, however you want to do. We're not thinking about that, but no empathy. And when I saw that, it just hit me like, man, the world is such a fucked up place to where you you can do something nice for someone, get hurt, injured, possibly die. And they're going to blame you like you did that to yourself. And that fuck with me. And so for me, it's like I'm, I'm at this this uh, I'm at this crossroad. I'm at this crossroad of learning how to be empathetic at the right levels, but also understanding when people do not return empathy and they're, they're harsh and judgmental and, and not even trying to understand, like, I got to get away from you because you're not trying to help me. Right. My thing is, if you are if you're in my circle, like same for my kids, if you're in my circle of people who I believe in and and I trust with information and you trust me, like it has to be a a relationship of help. However, you see that. Right. It can't be one of judgment. It can't be one of you think you better than me. It can't be one of you feel like you're this alpha male and, you know, I'm this beta and you get to just like like I call it the Craig and Day Day effect. Right. They they full well adult, but the respect he have for Craig allowed Craig to be the alpha of the relationship. Right. That's how a lot of people see life. For me, I can't move like that. It's certain situations. Like I said, uh, position uh, or situation determines position. Right. So. It has to be a level of empathy both ways. It has to be a level of sincerity both ways or the friendship, relationship, parental situation, it's not going to work. It's just not. It's always going to be in a, in a combative uh, state. And so in order to do that, like you have to, you have to gauge your empathy properly. Like you have to add that to your arsenal of emotions so that you can have the understanding that you need before you, before you respond to certain things. Um, and then, you know, doing that when you're, when you wrong, you have to be able to apologize. When you are done wrong, if you if you love someone or if you care for someone and they care for you or you feel like they care for you, you got to be able to demand your apology, not on no uh, uh, cocky like, no, you going to apologize, like not like that. But you have to bring it to their attention like you like you did something wrong to me and that hurt me for real. Right. I'll never forget. Um, I'll never forget the day that I learned how to apologize properly. 
my my father um my father you know like I said he's an amazing person me and my brothers I don't want to sit and act like we were the worst of kids but I feel like we could have been as a unit cuz I I like I knew my stepfather before any of them my mom included like that was my guy I was his guy like like before they even got together so when they got together like I'm like oh I'm in heaven like this is this is my guy but my brothers they weren't fully in right away right they was very much you know you're not my dad type you know type behavior um and so same thing like I have with my with my third son right now I'm trying to like I don't want to be different than my brothers like if the majority is this way, I'm gonna be this way. So it's certain, you know, it's certain things to where my mannerism changed a little bit. You know, trying to adapt to, you know, um, my brother's mannerisms of, of us now having a stepfather, right? Us all wanting a relationship with my dad in a way that we never got. But like everything else, this person is in front of us, so they gonna get it, right? And he was very, very, very good to us. Right. But I'll never forget our little ghetto ass behaviors. Right. And we would be doing dumb shit. And um, we always be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, and then we just we would just move on. And like one day, like he it took him a while to like kind of catch on to our behavioral patterns. But like one day, cause he's not a aggressive person at all. Like I think like he whooped us once, but it wasn't even like he really whooped us. Like it was, it was, it was crazy. Like it wasn't even like a real thing, but we, you know, especially my brothers took that as like something super crazy. You know, my dad, da 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 da. Like it, it was, it was a weird situation. But other than that, like he's never, he's not an aggressive person, never was always had conversations with us, but I remember we had done something and we were like, oh, sorry. And dead ass, he was like, hey, stop saying sorry. And we're like, like, what? You, like, what? like we, we sorry. And he said, stop saying sorry because you're going to do it again. He said, saying sorry is not meaningful because you're only saying sorry because you're caught. Right? And I had to think about that, like, I wasn't going to stop doing whatever I was doing, right? If I didn't, if, if, I, if, if I was, I just wouldn't do it, right? So he is, in fact, right that I'm, on, like, I only care about this because you caught me doing it. Because when you turn around, I'm possibly going to do this again. As a kid, you don't understand that because you don't really understand the semantics of words um, in true definitions. So to you, sorry and I apologize is the same thing. It is not. Sorry is something that happens when you are caught doing something. Right? I'm going to read this because I want to get it right. Saying sorry is not meaningful as it is used when you have been caught doing something. An apology is self-recognition of said wrong, reconciling that you have got that out of your system and you won't do it again. The apology is accountability and understanding your wrong 
and saying to yourself, I did this or I, allow, or I continue to uh, allow this to be done to me. And I have to reconcile that feeling myself. Nothing that nobody is going to say to me. There is no reprimand, no discipline, no anger, no conversation that's going to make me feel the way that I'll feel in the event that I reconcile that what I'm doing right now is wrong and then I apologize without anybody having to tell me to apologize. Having that revelation in life has helped me a lot because I am ratchet at times and I do like doing hood ratchet with my friends and sometimes you say sorry because you feel like, uh, I am sorry, but you're not sorry that you did it. You're sorry that you're caught. You're sorry that uh, you hurt someone. Like, like you're sorry that their feelings are hurt, um, but you're going to do that shit again. When it's out of your system, though, it's a, it's a level of sincerity in your apology, in your statement, in your action, the changes that you make to signify and seal the apology. That's what that, that's where it's at right there. And so for me, when I'm going through certain things, like you're not about to you're not about to get back in my life. You're not about to have conversations with me. We're not about to do business on bad terms. Like if, if you've wronged me, you're going to come to me and you're going to apologize sincerely and it not be, well, you did this. So I, no, 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 no. I was there too. And if that never occurs, it lets me know that you're content and you're, you're fine with not having conversation with me or not being a part of my life. And I'm cool with that because I'm, I'm better by myself anyway. When I'm by myself, I don't have to deal with extra emotions from anyone. Right. And so that lesson that my, that my father taught me, like I hold that to this day. And I pay attention to how people say sorry versus if they apologize and stuff like that, because that lets me know if I'm willing and open enough to um, to allow you in my space to grow whatever the relationship or friendship is or should be. I'm going to leave you guys with this quote. Uh, Anger, resentment and jealousy don't change the heart of others. It changes yours. And that's from Shannon Alder. I saw that quote and I was like, that is so true. I'm a loving, caring, uh, protective, providing individual. But certain things be happening and I battle, do I stay this individual or do I become the beast that is inside me, that I keep locked behind this freaking castle door, this drawbridge door um, that I keep locked up. Because my ego still kicks in like, oh, you think she's sweet. And so I battle that. And I notice how it changes me as a human being. Um, and when the aggression sits and when, you know, the pain turns into anger and, and then now I'm pissed off mad because like I feel like now everything you do in life is in spite of me. 
every trip you go on, every dollar you spend, every meal you eat. Now, in my mind, you you doing that in spite of me. And I know that that's super weird, but if you don't handle your mental health properly, if you don't get understanding of what's going on, if you don't acknowledge, if you don't have empathy, if you don't apologize, if you don't just start having a level of understanding to get you through the things that you are really going through. And if you keep listening to outside forces that don't experience the things that you experience, you're going to go through hell and high water without a life jacket. Keep telling y'all, we got to go through something to get somewhere. We might as well do it together. Peace. What's going on, y'all? Head over to PeacefulSlaw.com for your Poetic Properties merch and your Peaceful Slaw apparel. Um, if you want to donate to the podcast, download the Good Pods app. I mean, it is an amazing app for podcasters and podcast listeners. Um, you can create uh, group chats or friend groups, um, and y'all can discuss the podcast together. You can review right there in real time you can interact with your favorite podcast host like it's just a lovely app to have um on my page there on my home page there is a tip jar that you can tip to the podcast all donations will go to furthering the production um of the podcast and the, just the overall quality of it if you want to donate to the business overall you can go to my twitter page the complex it's a tip jar over there if you're one of the people who just like comment and share i appreciate you to the fullest you have no idea how grateful i am for uh the retweet the like and the share um it's not always about a financial gain it's really for me about helping people one poem one book one podcast uh one item at a time so again if you are if you like comment and share continue to do so tell somebody about the pod um discuss the pod with them let me know you know feedback of if there are subjects you want to uh, want to hear me talk about or what have you but just know that no matter the darkness as long as we are breathing we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light.